I know that it's hard to believe looking at me here today, but I am actually 47 years old. Difficult to believe, I know, but it's true. Actually, sadly, some of you may be looking at me thinking, I think it looks a lot older than that. Well, I want to show you a picture that not many people get to see, and you'll see why in a moment. I want to show a picture of me when I was about, I think, about six months old. And here's the picture. Now, when you've all recovered from laughing hysterically, who could have believed that that fat little fellow would turn into this ruggedly handsome fellow here today? When you have a, a baby, you have no real idea what they'll end up looking like or being like or what they'll end up doing. My parents might have had a bit of an idea what I would actually end up looking like based upon what they look like, because generally we have looks of our parents about us, don't we? When I left school, I spent 10 years working as a customs officer and my parents might have had some kind of idea about that because my dad was himself a customs officer. So that was not too surprising in some ways, but they had no idea when I was a baby that I would be doing what I do now, which is work for a local church. How could they? They couldn't see into the future and make that kind of prediction. As a parent, you always want the best for your children, don't you? You want them to be healthy. You want them to be happy. You want them to get a good education, to get a good job. And there's a couple in the Bible called Zachariah and Elizabeth, and they were a husband and wife that we read about in the Bible. And Elizabeth was a, actually a close relative of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And Zachariah, her husband, was a priest who served at the temple in Jerusalem. And the Bible says they hadn't been able to have any children until one day, an angel appeared to Zachariah to tell him that his wife was going to have a son. And once Zachariah had got over his fright, this is what the angel said to him. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, having an angel appear to you would be a pretty big deal in itself. But then hearing all this extra information from the angel would have been a bit overwhelming, I guess, for Zachariah to know that you're going to have a son that's going to play such a massive part in history. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He's going to be the means by which many people in Israel turn back to God. And he's going to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. Wow. If you read the various accounts of the life of Jesus, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you find out what happened to this promised child. When Mary was pregnant with Jesus, she went to visit her close relative Elizabeth. And we read in Luke's Gospel that Mary entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And this was the start of an amazing life for the son of Zachariah and Elizabeth. When he was born, he was given the name John. And later on in life, he would get this nickname John the Baptist. And we'll find out why in a moment. And instead of following his father's footsteps, which is what I did initially in becoming uh, a customs officer, instead of uh, following his father's footsteps and becoming a priest, which is what was be what would have been expected of John, he actually went out into the desert. And he stayed there until God spoke to him and he began to do the work that God had sent him to do. 
Luke says this as the and the child grew and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. John was certainly wasn't what Zechariah and Elizabeth had expected. It would have been expected that he'd have been a priest in the temple there in Jerusalem, just like his dad. But instead, God had appointed him to be a prophet. He was going to be a man, a special messenger of God that God would speak to a whole nation of Israel through. And he was the first prophet that God had sent for over 400 years. This was whole, this was something really new, something really uh, strange and new and exciting for the people. He even dressed in the clothes that a prophet would wear. Matthew uh, chapter 3 verse 4 says John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a, a leather belt round his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. He was certainly pretty different to his parents and he was certainly pretty different to everybody else around him. But this was because he had such an important role in, in the whole of human history. Last week, we started looking at John's account of the life of Jesus, John's gospel, not John the Baptist, but John the disciple, John's gospel, his account. And although the passage we looked at last week was mostly about Jesus, the word, the word that was made flesh and dwelt among us, we're also introduced to and we were introduced in last week's passage to John the Baptist. And this is what we read in John chapter one, verses six to nine. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, the light being Jesus, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Now, don't forget that John, that the John that wrote John's gospel is John, the disciple of Jesus. He's a different John to the John that was called John the Baptist. And John, the disciple, as he writes his account, his gospel tells us, as we saw last week, that God, the son, the word became flesh. God became a human being. And when he was born, he was given this name, Jesus, which means the Lord saves, Yahweh saves. The light was coming into the world. John refers to him as the light, the word, and he calls him the light. The light was coming into the world. And around six months before Jesus was born, John the Baptist was born. He was a close relative of Jesus, humanly. Mary and Elizabeth were close relatives, and Mary spent about three months uh, living with Elizabeth when she was pregnant. So it's likely that John and Jesus would have known each other as they grew up, as boys and then as young men. John was about six months uh, older than Jesus. He was born about six months before Jesus, and he started to preach just a little while before Jesus did. John 1 verse 6 says that John was sent from God and he was a witness to testify about the light. And that light, of course, was Jesus, what John calls the word made flesh. John came as a witness to testify that Jesus was the Messiah, the promised king that God would send into the world, into his world. And just like a witness testifies in a trial, in a legal trial about what they've seen or heard or identifies somebody perhaps from a like an identity parade. So John had come from God to the world as a prophet, a special messenger of God. He was just a human being. He wasn't like Jesus, but he was a special messenger sent from God. And his job was to testify and to witness to the fact that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ means the same thing. Messiah is Hebrew. Christ is Greek. But it just means God's anointed king, God's chosen king to come and rule in God's world. He was the first prophet, John the Baptist was. He was the first prophet for over 400 years. And everybody recognized that he, he, he was somebody special. 
and that he was from God. Actually, they weren't really sure who he was. They knew he was special, but they weren't entirely sure who he really was. But before John testified that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the light that was coming to the world and would give light and would give life to all those that accepted him. Before he did that, John had to prepare the ground for the arrival of Jesus on the scene. John's gospel doesn't mention this, but the other gospels do. And in Luke 3, we, verse 3, we read this. He went into all the country around the Jordan. This is John the Baptist. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, everyone knew that John was a prophet because of what he was saying uh, and because of the clothes he was wearing. And he began to preach to people that they needed to repent because the Messiah was coming. The Lord was coming. God in human form was coming and they needed to be ready. The people needed to be ready and be ready to receive the Messiah. They need to get their lives in order, ready to meet the Messiah. And John the Baptist created a massive stir. Crowds of people came to listen to what John said and many of them responded to what he said to what he said and to what he was saying and to demonstrate that they were repenting of their sins. Repentance simply means acknowledging that we're sinners. It means turning away from our sin and turning instead to God and, and, and to live in God's ways. To demonstrate that repentance, they were baptized in the River Jordan. That's why John was nicknamed John the Baptist. And as they went down underneath the water in the River Jordan and as they went under and as they came back up again, they were symbolizing that they were making a change in their lives. They were symbolizing that there was a kind of uh, that their old life was finished. They were starting a new life. They were making themselves ready to receive the Messiah. They were uh, symbolizing a change in their lives. They were saying they were ready for the Messiah who was about to come. But the religious authorities back in Jerusalem were confused and a bit worried about what was happening because they weren't in control of John and they weren't really sure what was going on because what seemed to be happening was outside of their control. And so a group of men were sent from Jerusalem to find out who John was and what he was doing. And that's where we get to in today's passage in John's gospel. So we're going to read from John chapter one, where we uh, finished last week. John chapter one, verses 19 through to verse 28. So if you've got a Bible handy, you can uh, read it or you can just listen. I think the verses will come up on the screen for you as well. So John chapter one, and we're going to read from verse 19 down to verse 28. And John, the disciple who's writing this, writes this. And he says, now this was John's, John the Baptist, that is, this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Christ. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah, the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now, some Pharisees who'd been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. Now, right throughout the Bible, right throughout the Old Testament of the Bible, there are loads of promises that God was going to send his anointed king, the Messiah, into the world. And by the time that John started to preach, everybody in Israel was desperately looking out for the Messiah. They were ruled by the Romans and they were hoping that this 
king that God was going to send was going to come and free them from the Romans. And all sorts of people were desperately hoping for this Messiah to come. And by the time that John started to preach, this was the situation that that he was preaching into. And when this group of priests and Levites and Pharisees from Jerusalem, the religious establishment, if you like, when they came to see John, they wanted to know, firstly, if he was the Christ, was he the Messiah? Was he God's chosen king? And this is what we read. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Christ. I am not the Messiah. John was quite clear that he wasn't the Christ. He wasn't the Messiah. But if he wasn't the Messiah, then who was he? They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Why did they think he was Elijah? What's all that about? Well, Elijah was a famous prophet that had lived in Israel about 900 years earlier. And there was a belief that Elijah would somehow be reincarnated. And that's because of uh, prophecies that uh, somebody was going to come in in the kind of style of Elijah in the in the future. And so the people believed, or some people thought that maybe Elijah was going to come back again as sort of some, some kind of reincarnation. So they wondered, was John the Baptist, was he Elijah? Now, God had said this through Another prophet called Micah, about, a hundred, about 400 years before Elijah had died, God had said this through Micah. He said, see, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. So this was a prophecy that somebody uh, in the uh, continuing the work of Elijah was going to come. Not Elijah himself, but someone continuing the work of Elijah and in the style of Elijah was going to come. And John the Baptist was preaching that the Lord was coming. And so some of the people thought maybe John was Elijah in fulfillment of Micah's prophecy. But John was quite clear that he wasn't Elijah. Elijah was in heaven. John's role as a prophet was to continue the work of Elijah in fulfillment of Micah's prophecy, but he wasn't actually Elijah himself. They also asked John, well, if you're not Elijah, are you the prophet? But John the Baptist says, no, I'm not. Well, who was this prophet they were asking about? Well, again, if we go back about 1400 years before John the Baptist and Jesus were here on earth, God had spoken to Moses. And this is what we read. The Lord said to me, this is Moses writing, the Lord said to me, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. Now, John makes it clear that he's not that prophet. And in fact, if we we haven't got time now, but if we read the book of Acts, we discover that actually Jesus is the prophet that God is speaking to Moses about here. Jesus was the one that Moses re was referring to. So John wasn't Elijah and he wasn't the prophet. So who was he? Well, finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah, the prophet. I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now, John the Baptist now quotes from another prophet in the Old Testament called Isaiah, and he lived about 700 years before John the Baptist. And he says that he, John the Baptist, is the one that Isaiah had written about 700 years earlier. John had come from God. He was a prophet carrying on the work of Elijah, and his role was to prepare the people for the arrival of the Lord, the Messiah, God's King in God's word. John's, John's role was twofold. He was to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. He was to prepare for the, the arrival of the Messiah. And then he was to be a witness to testify that Jesus was the Messiah. 
And some of the men that had come out from Jerusalem, though, were still not satisfied with what John was saying. If you look at verses 24 and 26, we see this. Now, some Pharisees had been sent, questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. John replied by saying that he baptized people with water. And what he meant by that was that he baptized people as a symbol of repentance to show that they were getting ready to meet the Messiah. And the Messiah had now arrived. He was among them, even if they didn't know who he was yet. And John states that he wasn't even worthy to untie the shoelaces of the Messiah. But John would testify and he would announce that the, who the Messiah was the very next day. And we're going to look at that next Sunday. And as we'll see next week, John testified he's been a witness to the identity of the Messiah. The Messiah is Jesus. And as we're going to see over the next few weeks and months, some people accepted John's testimony and John's witness and, 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 and what Jesus said about himself. Most sadly, actually rejected him. And eventually they nailed him to a wooden cross where he bled and died. But Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again. He couldn't stay dead because he was God. He was the word made flesh. And after Jesus rose again, he returned up to heaven. And this is what we read in Acts 3, just after Jesus returned to heaven. God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things, referring to Jesus' crucifixion. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. So the Messiah, Jesus according to the book of Acts, is going to come a second time. This is Peter speaking in Acts. He came the first time 2,000 years ago, died on the cross for our sins, just as all the prophets of the Old Testament had said he would. But according to Peter here in Acts, Jesus is going to come again. The Messiah is going to come from heaven a second time. Now, the big question is this morning, are you ready to meet Jesus, the Messiah, when he comes the second time? Are you ready to meet Jesus, the Messiah, when he comes again? Massive question for us to think about this morning. Jesus will return to this world, only this time it will be different. He will come now to rule and to reign. And those who've accepted him in this life and received him and believed in him will be with him forever. But those who've rejected him, he will then reject. I wonder if you're ready to meet Jesus when he comes again, when the Messiah comes for a second time. How do we make sure that we're ready for the second coming of the Messiah, the second coming of Jesus? Well, the first step is repentance and the second step is faith. If you've got an outline that you've printed off this morning, if, you, if you're part of Regent and you get, you've got that through on an email, write it on your outline this morning. The first step is repentance. That's the first step for getting ready for the arrival of Jesus. The second step is faith. Repentance and faith. We need to repent. We need to acknowledge what we are, that we're sinners, that we have fallen short of God's perfect standard, God's glory. And then we need to make a choice that we need to turn away from our sin and turn instead to God and put our faith and our trust in Jesus to forgive us and to make us right in God's sight. And he can do that because of what he did on the cross, where he was punished in your place and in my place by God the Father for all the sins that we have committed. 
And when we do that, when we repent and when we put our faith in Jesus, God will wipe away our sins and send what he calls in that in that verse we read in Acts, send those times of refreshment, a new life from death to light, from darkness to light. And that's a step that you can take today. You can repent. You can turn away from your sin and you can turn to God and put your faith and trust in Jesus. And you can do that right now. You don't need to wait for that. You can do that right where you're sitting at home right now. And if you want to do that, that's something you can do right this moment. Or maybe you'd like to chat about that or find a bit more about it. And if you want to do that, if you want to talk about that a little bit, then please do get in touch with me. Email me at andy.regentchapel at gmail.com. And I'll get back to you as soon as I can uh, after this uh, morning service. And it will be great to chat with you further uh, or to help you take that step of of choosing to repent and to put your faith and trust in Jesus so that you are ready for the second coming of Jesus when he comes again. John was about preparing people the first time. We are about preparing people for the second time, the second time Jesus comes. And many of you watching and listening today will have already taken those steps of repentance and faith. And that's fantastic. And I guess probably most or or many of you watching this morning will have taken that step. And and, And that's brilliant. That's fantastic. John the Baptist's role was to prepare people for the first coming of the Messiah. And when the Messiah came, John's role was to testify that Jesus was the Messiah. But as we've seen, Jesus is coming again. And if you've taken those steps of repentance and faith, then your role today is similar now to that of John the Baptist's. That's my role. That's your role if you're a follower of Jesus. Now, don't panic. We're not going to have to wear camel's hair. We don't have to eat locusts. But we do need to tell people about Jesus. We do need to get ready, people ready for the second coming of Jesus. After Jesus died and then rose from the dead, he appeared to his disciples and he said these words, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Jesus then returned to heaven and 40 days later or so, he sent the Holy Spirit to fill and empower those who from then onwards would put their faith and trust in him. And if you've done that, then God has sent the Holy Spirit and he has filled you and empowered you. And part of the reason he's done that is to give you the power and the ability to tell other people about Jesus. It's so that we, like John the Baptist, will go out there and be Jesus' witnesses. We have been commissioned to go out into the world and be a witness about who Jesus is and also about what Jesus has done. So God wants me to to witness and to testify about Jesus. Write that on your outline. God wants me to witness and to testify about Jesus. People all around us, maybe the person sitting next to you at home, your neighbour, the person you normally work with, your family members, it doesn't matter who it is. People all around us need to hear about Jesus and they need to know about Jesus. They need to know about his death, about his resurrection. They need to know about the forgiveness and eternal life and those days of refreshing that God sends on those who trust in him. And if we've trusted in Jesus, then God has appointed us. God has appointed me. God has appointed you to go out and tell people about him so that they too can receive forgiveness and receive eternal life. Now, John the Baptist wasn't very popular. In fact, he got himself arrested eventually and eventually he was beheaded. And we need to be prepared if we're going to be followers of Jesus to be unpopular like John. Being a witness about Jesus isn't always popular. Some people will want to hear. Some people won't. Not everybody will welcome what we have to say about Jesus. 
many countries this morning, it's illegal to witness, to, to, to testify about Jesus, to tell people about Jesus. In fact, outrageously, many Christians lose their lives for doing just that. I've got some very good friends uh, who had to leave various countries around the world and come to this country because they've trusted in Jesus. And it's illegal now for them to be a Christian in their home country. The word martyr that we use to describe someone who loses their life because of their faith in Jesus. We sometimes say that person was martyred for Jesus. They laid their life down as they were telling others about Jesus. That word martyr is the Greek word that's translated here in John and Acts as the word witness in English. And because so many of the early Christians lost their lives as they witnessed about Jesus, the word martyr, which is where the word comes from, the Greek word is martyr, that word, that word martyr took on a new meaning. And it came to mean someone who died for their faith in Jesus, someone who died witnessing about Jesus. So we need to be prepared for opposition and hardship. It won't always be easy to tell other people about Jesus. But it's so important that we do because people need to know about him. They need to know that he's coming again. As we're in lockdown, it's difficult to tell people about Jesus. We're, we're isolated from other people, but we can still do that. We can still talk to people about Jesus. Why don't you message a friend or a family member or a work colleague this week and invite them to watch the service next Sunday or send them the YouTube link and say, hey, why don't you check out uh, the service from my church from last Sunday or, or from today's message? Or why don't you come online next week and be part of our church service and check us out and just find a little bit more about Jesus. Come and join in with us. Why don't you uh, put some some stuff on social media? People stick all sorts of crazy stuff on social media. Uh, it just staggers me some of the stuff that goes on social media. Why don't we use that as followers of Jesus? Why don't we use that to put the best news that this world has ever seen? and has ever heard, which is all about Jesus. Why don't we use social media this week to invite people to connect with us as a church and with the good news about Jesus, the best news. God doesn't require us to wear camel's hair. He doesn't require us to eat locusts, but he does want us to tell people about Jesus. We are his witnesses. It's our job to testify. One great way we can do that is through something called Christianity Explored. And lots of folks here at Regent have been through Christianity Explorer and loads of folks here at Regent have become Christians through doing Christianity Explored. Why not ask a friend if they'd like to do Christianity Explored? And as we gradually come out of lockdown over the next few weeks and months, God willing, let's do all we can to to build relationships with those around us, those we work with, those that we live with, those that are in our neighbourhood, uh, our friends, our family and, and people right across the world so that we can introduce them to Jesus. However, we choose to do that. Let's be witnesses. Let's be those who testify about Jesus. And if you're someone this morning who's been hearing about Jesus, maybe for the first time, and you want to know more about Jesus, or maybe you want to take that step today, then do get in touch. Do connect with us uh, after the service. I'd love to explore that further with you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he is the word made flesh. Thank you that you sent a man called John to come and prepare the way for the coming of Jesus and that he preached and he got people ready and that through his testimony, through his witness that Jesus was and is the Messiah, all people can believe in Jesus. And we thank you that uh, we can do that, that we can trust in you, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you came that first time. We thank you that you're coming again. Help us to be ready to meet you when you come again. Help us to be ready to be those who've accepted you and are living for you. Father, I pray for anyone this morning who doesn't know you. 
And I pray that today, this week, this day might be that time of accepting Jesus as their saviour. Lord, bless us, we pray. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time together. We give you thanks for your love to us. We give you thanks for those wonderful times of refreshing that you send when we put our faith and trust in Jesus and the forgiveness of sins and eternal life that we receive. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.